may the force be with you is a phrase used to wish a person well to overcome a challenge. The invitation in this podcast, may the life force be with you, is to explore what it means to truly feel alive, to appreciate the physical, emotional and spiritual connection to our energy, and finally to understand how this impacts who you are and all that you do. May this conversation inspire you to thrive. Welcome to May the Life Force Be With You, which is a conversation. And uh, Fiona and I have been having this conversation all about life force energy. And now we are really excited because we're bringing other people into this conversation, people that we feel have some important or interesting or entertaining perspective on what life force energy is. And our intention with this conversation is that whoever is listening to it gets inspired to feel into their life force energy, to understand it, to become more curious about it, to see how the magical elixir (laughs) that is their life force energy might have something to offer them today. Beautiful. Thank you, Karila. And um, we're very excited today because we have our first international guest, Dobie. (laughs) We have our first international guest. I'm going to read her official bio before I add my own spin on this. But Susie Moore, who is joining us today, is a world-renowned life coach, author, and host of a top-rated Apple podcast. So we've got some competition today. Let it be easy. (laughs) He's a sought-after expert for media outlets and has been featured on the Today Show, Good Morning America, Business Insider, Forbes, Oprah, Wall Street Journal, Cosmo, you name it, Susie has been there. And that's just in the US. I know she's been global and international as well. So in addition, she's the resident life coach for Greatest, the world's leading health and wellness um, site. And she is the author of a number of best-selling books um, and the latest one being the name of her podcast let it be easy but I just wanted to add a little bit to that myself which is Susie is a very dear friend of mine mm-hmm. and we go back quite some time now about 15 years I think gosh time flies we were so young <laughs> and we lived and worked together in Australia in fact Susie was my client in Australia and then she moved to the US I moved to the US and we ended up working together again and our love respect and um just support for each other has just grown over those years so I feel very honored that you're part of this conversation Susie um and I'm really excited for everybody that's listening to learn more about your work. So welcome. Oh my God. I'm so happy to be with you, Fiona. I do anything you tell me. You're such a guide in my life. Like <laughs> I'm thrilled to be here to talk about, you know, one of my favorite things, life force, desire, this matters a lot. So thank you for having me. You are welcome. And how is your life force today? I know you've just come back from Australia. So how how, how are you feeling today? Sometimes just a check-in is really important. You know, my life force is a little bit weird today because I think uh, a couple of things. When you travel internationally, as you said, as I just have, I, I think it can take a, li- like a, a little while to come back to your, your old routine. Uh, and also, I think that you know, in life, we go through cycles that are related to lots of different things. And it's okay to honor 
where you are in the moment. And it doesn't mean that you don't have to show up. It doesn't mean that you don't necessarily uh, feel like, oh, if I don't feel perfect or like really alive and awake, I shouldn't even be having any conversations. I think it's okay <laughs> to meet the moment wherever you are. And here I am. <laughs> here I am for you. Thank you for, for having this conversation. <laughs> Look, I mean, I, I find too, the more I speak about things that I love, the better I just start to feel. Sometimes the action has to lead and then you kind of get back to yourself. And I think that we forget that sometimes too. We think we have to feel good and take an action, whereas action can kickstart it. So this is my first, first anything work-wise since being back. So thank you for helping me come back to, uh, to my natural energy. <laughs> That's great. I love I love that. You're right. Sometimes, you know, doing what you love gives you that boost of energy, even when you feel I can't today, you always can if it's something that, that you want to be doing. And you get that hit of dopamine and everything kind of kicks in and the endorphins and all of a sudden you're you've kind of boosted those battery levels up a up a couple of notches without even even really trying. It's mm-hmm. it's quite incredible. Yeah. And so tell us um, a little bit about um, Let It Be Easy, because I feel like that kind of correlates to what we were just saying there. When you were trying to force something and forcing ourselves to do something, it can be a real drag and a drain on our energy, which then has an impact on the relationships around us. Whereas you've spent the last probably two years of your life flipping that conversation around and encouraging people to kind of lean in to where it does feel easy what's the kind of how did you get to let it be easy first and foremost and then how do you feel that that does change someone's I guess desire and what they want to do and then the ease in which they're able to do it Well, when it comes to ease, no one really talks about it. Well, increasingly people talk about it, which is wonderful. But, you know, I joke that ease needs a good lawyer because no one's (laughs) representing it. Like what part of your life is defined as easy? Like parenting's hard, working is hard, working out is hard, eating well is hard, making new friends is hard. I mean, everything is just defined as difficult. And I'm, you know, I just keep thinking, you know, where's the good part? If everything we're going through is meant to be so difficult and everyone will agree with you they'll tell you what you're going through is rough they'll tell you to you know brace yourself for whatever you're doing I've come to realize that the actions that we take and what we go through are one thing yes and parts of life are difficult right we all go through challenging periods but we make it so much harder with the judgment that we give the thing so even if you for example let a friendship dissolve that's no longer really working for you or if you're going through a career transition those things might feel scary and difficult and people want to talk to you about how scary and difficult they are. But if you look at it a slightly different way or you just you know, work with the natural cycle and flow of life, then the resistance drops to whatever it is you have to handle. And it's like a small miracle that shows up. I mean, I love to ask, you know, how can I let it be easy? Even when I'm freaking out, something's going wrong, I'm getting an unwanted result. Yeah, that will happen in life many, many times. But the most important thing is my judgment around it and how how much I cling to the judgment versus considering another way. And what I've learned is that my negative emotion is a really good, a really good indicator of 
you know, I need a thought upgrade in this moment or a belief upgrade in this moment. And if we're less rigid and a bit more flexible, I think a lot just can be easier. And then you can use your energy well for important things, not for stressing out, panicking, judging yourself <laughs> and others. It's so true because I feel like when we're in that negative thought spiral, it's exhausting. It's so exhausting. It's so exhausting. And so much of our energy then goes in that reinforcing of that original thought and belief that we had. Mm -hmm. And we just spent a whole load of our time then reinforcing and reinforcing and from putting ourselves into that lower state, which then takes even more energy to kind of come back out from and you know I think we've all probably been there as well in situations or perhaps for longer periods of time where it gets into such a that spiral can get into such a low state that even when somebody else steps in and tries to pull you up from that even their brute strength I think you were pulling with the moon the other day Karila when we were talking it's just like even <laughs> <laughs> the moon and everything like trying to haul you back up you're like no I'm staying here in this deep rooted like you know um negative space because it feels safe mm -hmm. kind of can feel safe to be reassuring that my belief look it's just showing up everywhere and so Ooh, you talk to yourself of it everywhere mm -hmm. it's interesting what you said Susie to me because it kind of reminds me of something that and some guidance I got recently which is that you know often in in the new age world, there's a lot of talk about being in or out of alignment. Mm -hmm. And the guidance that I got was that in every moment, there's an opportunity to find alignment. So it's never that you're actually so far out of alignment that you can't find alignment. Mm -hmm. And and to me, that question that, that you've suggested people can ask themselves, like, how can I make this be easy? When when I was listening to it, I suddenly was like, that's a question that brings you back into alignment because it's like catching the the, the current or catching the flow of, of the blessing that is within the burden of whatever's going on. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I think to myself too, like whenever we have resistance to anything, it's horrible, isn't it? Don't we just feel, <laughs> even if we, even if we have resistance to like someone else succeeding who we don't think is very high quality or we have resistance to like someone else's behavior or even resistance to our own low moods and by the way I think there's also if you're someone who has a period this can also even be related to your cycle it could be many different you know factors in play here but when we add resistance on top of the problem it just makes everything worse so I think if I'm even in a low mood I'm, you know, I've lived long enough now to know that they don't last forever. But even <laughs> even low cycles that we go through, you know, it, I think it's okay to not resist them, to say, okay, what do I need to do? Do I need to reshuffle my day a bit if that's available? Can I just let myself feel this way for a little while, not forever, but for a short period and not even resist the 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 struggles that can come up or those periods that we have that maybe aren't as upbeat like if that's also okay I find that too those low moods I call them low moods they even pass more quickly because we're not resisting them so when we just pile on attention or focus you know like what's the problem let's talk about it who can I call who can I text how can I get onto you know um some online board where I can start complaining about my problem it's like we can do that and sometimes you know that's that is necessary but I wonder if we could just like sit back and allow whatever it is to be to be how a lot can just pass on its own without too much attention. 
And do you feel when you, you know, you, you speak to a lot of people through your life coaching courses and your confidence um, courses, do you feel like that ability to let it be easy is, is so directly correlated to someone's confidence and they're how, therefore how they are able to project themselves into the world and then follow their dreams, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's like each tiny little step can have a huge impact on how other people see or are seen by others. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah. is, is that resistance to change, which is really kind of what we're saying here, isn't it? When people don't know how to, so they just resist it because they don't believe in themselves to be able to do that. Yeah. Is that kind of one of the most common themes that you find come up when you're speaking to people through through life coaching? Oh, yes. And I think that the big lie is that we're not allowed to let anything be easy. It's that we have to suffer through everything worthwhile. Like there's a medal. <laughs> yes. It's like there is a there's a prize somehow for the most suffering. And I think we all know people like this, right? I, think I don't that- know if you had this in Australia, but in the UK, you got a mark for how well you did and how hard you worked. You actually got a work hard mark in primary school. So you could do badly, but you could still get the top mark for trying really hard. Mm -hmm. And I think some of that is the cause of this. Like, I have to work hard because you're literally conditioned into it. Or or certainly we were. Yeah, I think that no one's going to tell you, you know, avoid hard work or hard work isn't necessary. Like nobody's going to tell you that. But what I've realized, and I think if we all look back a little bit, we'll find that some of the biggest breakthroughs or successes, however we define them, come to be, aren't always a big struggle, right? Like maybe Mm -hmm. how you met someone that you fell in love with or even an opportunity that came your way. I mean, I even see people hustle, hustle, hustle for three to like three to four weeks on a project, whereas maybe one 15 minute phone call or a couple of emails could have gotten a a far better result. But I feel like we we don't think we're allowed to do that. We think that we have. And I mean, this is tricky, too, for I think people who have jobs and for people who work for themselves. It's all a matter of hours applied. And, you know, are you working right now? You should be. I just know that that's not where the results come, because if it came from hard work, so many people are hardworking that have more to show for it, right? That have more of their mm-hmm. desires come to them in reality. So I just, I know that the correlation isn't there, but like you said, Karila, it's like the opposite of what we're taught. So I think, you know, if there's an outcome that you want and a desire is a, it, the desire is our life force, right? Speaking about life force today, mm-hmm. desire is life force. It's healthy. It's appropriate. Life is better with desire. You know, when we're depressed, we don't have desires. We just want to shut down. Desire feels great and it can make us feel clear and alive and awake. We know the feeling. It feels wonderful to want something. And I think if I want something, then I don't live in a universe that's going to cruelly test me and keep me apart from the thing that I want. It's not like, okay, you know, am I up to receiving? It's like, well, the universe wants it for me too. And so what are my options? What's the quickest way to get there? It's allowed to be quick. Like, how can I be creative and allow myself, frankly, also access to people? I think this is where people get it wrong, too. They think, got to earn my stripes, got to be really qualified, got to have 20 years experience, got to have X, Y, Z. You don't need any of that. Your desire is enough backed up by your willingness to be uncomfortable in pursuit of it. Those two things, I would take a strong desire and someone's willingness to be uncomfortable in pursuit of it over anything else 
when it comes to getting what you want. It's not, we think it's so much more, but it's like, I want this thing. I'm going to go for it and it's going to be uncomfortable. Okay, let's go. I would put my money on that horse. Like those are why, why those two things? Why are they so important to you? Uh, number one, I think that we don't allow our desires. We don't want to speak them often because we think if we don't get them, we'll be disappointed. Or maybe we think we're not supposed to want this. We're supposed to want what other people want for us. But when our desire, you speak about alignment, when our desire is really ours, like we, we know it. And I think we all know our desires. And when we say we don't know, I don't think we're being honest. So if we allow the desire, we're like, okay, this is the thing that I want. Maybe you want to live in a new country or you want to start a new project or you want to have success in some area. That desire is meant for you. Like your desires are safe guidance. And then, right, so the desire is one thing. Allow it. Acknowledge it. Allow it. Speak it. Don't resist it. Don't think, oh, I wish I didn't want this. It's going to be too hard. You know, someone even said to me recently, you know, I really want to be an actress, but no, no one succeeds in acting. I'm like, is, is that true? Like, if you want to be an actress, like, that's a beautiful desire. I don't have it, right? It, it belongs to you. I don't know how you two feel about acting, but I'm like, not everyone. She's like, everyone wants to be an actress and no one can do it. <laughs> so number one, your desire is healthy, appropriate, and meant for you. It's safe guidance in the right direction. And then secondly, whenever you get anything you want, a lot of the time, you're going to have to do some stuff, right? You're going to have to throw your hat in the ring. You know, you're going to have to connect with others. You're going to have to reach out, take action, work on yourself, improve your craft, whatever it may be. But if you know that your desire is meant for you and you trust it and you're willing to look stupid, you're willing to put yourself out there, you're willing to, I don't like this word, fail, but you're willing mm -hmm. to receive mixed results, however they show up, then you become this unstoppable being because most people well, or many people will kind of feel wishy-washy about their desire. They don't know if they're allowed to have it. And then most people will do anything. They'd rather like lose an arm outside of a bus than be uncomfortable sending an email or, you know, <laughs> or like they would rather do anything or then try online dating or having a hard conversation with a relative who's really pushing, you know, the boundaries too far. We will do anything to avoid discomfort, most of us. So if you're willing to be uncomfortable and you know what you want, I mean, what else is there? Like, what, what, what you're kind what of else? saying nothing else can stop you if you're willing to be uncomfortable and you have your and, and you're, you're aware of what your desire is? Yes, nothing else can stop you. I like that you kind of implied that desire is life force, mm -hmm. and I feel like that's a really interesting mm -hmm. concept. Desire is my favorite root word, mm -hmm. it means mm -hmm. the root meaning of the word desire is written in the stars. Oh. Is it? Yeah. There you go. It's kind of like what you're saying. It's like yeah. it is given. If you want it, yeah, it's written in the stars. You don't resist it. It is. It is written in the stars. It is the stars have it for you. You know, oh, like how awesome wow. is that root word? And the, yeah. the the root word of love is desire. Well, think about, I mean, then desire, wow. Like, I mean, what do I desire? What a great question. When was the last time we asked ourselves that? What do I desire? We're like, what does my husband desire? What does my team desire? What does society? It's like, what do I really want? I mean, I spoke to this other girl in my group recently, and she was like, I just want to quit my job and do van life for six months. I mean, that was definitely not my desire. But, but I, was like, I was like, can you do it? Do you have the resources? Like, is it actually possible? And she was like, yes, but my parents would think blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, it's not 
it's your desire. It doesn't belong to anybody else. And so we have to almost, I think, shield what it is that we want. The same way we'd shield like a, a child who wanted something would go, you know, trust it. Like it matters. Like your desire, your dreams matter. Uh, and no one, no one can do it for you. No one, even the people who know you the most intimately know what's in your heart nobody no one knows what's inside of you and it's no one else's job to help you fulfill it I think that that's a really nice realization too it's it's nobody's job to even like you or even approve of you so long as what you're doing isn't intentionally hurting anybody then I mean go go for yours right isn't that why we're all here and by the way even if you think, because this comes up a lot too, people think, oh, everyone has that desire. Like everyone wants that career or everyone wants, you know, that type of guy or whatever. That's actually not true. Even if people seemingly want the same I don't want to die. <laughs> <laughs> I'm living proof. I don't want to die. <laughs> But like, so for example, if, yeah, even if someone says, look, you know, I want to be an actress, you know, one person wants to be an actress to go to Hollywood and have an exciting life. Another wants to do, you know, street theater in Poland. Like even the desires, even though they can feel like, oh, everyone wants the same thing. We don't. We have, they are specific and unique to us and they unfold as they're supposed to. And I think that that's quite lovely. I, I, I just love that when, when you both are talking about desire you're right. It does feel like that is the source of of your life force because that's the direction and that's the focus of where then you put that energy. And I think that's the really important second piece to me about what you were talking about, Susie, because, hey, we've all read the manifestation posts, right? And just think it and it will appear. Mm-hmm. What people forget is that action piece. And that was the second piece that you talked about. So you remove the resistance, but you still have momentum behind it. You still have, you still have energy. You still have action that you take to allow the things to then, you know, because people think they come to them, but actually I believe you, when you put out what you want, you become more aware of it. And so you see opportunities, you see things that you didn't see before. They were there the whole time, but because you've opened your heart, you've opened your mind, you've focused your energy in that direction. All of a sudden, these opportunities feel like they've dropped from, (laughs) from the sky, but we've just become more conscious Mm -hmm. and therefore able to take action against those opportunities that feel like they get us towards that goal because we know where we're going exactly and this is why when when we dwell in our desire it's like the old poet i think emily dickinson's her name she said dwell in possibility like dwell in what it Mm -hmm. is that you most want you know how the reticular activating system works in the brain no how So essentially, if you if you think about something, your subconscious, it's its job to find it. So if you're thinking about getting a certain haircut, you'll notice women everywhere, like men everywhere with that type of haircut. Or if you want a particular, you know, a new bag or a t- type of holiday, whatever it is, you then just start noticing it because you're tuned into it. I think that's amazing. Like you said, Fiona, it's been there the whole time, right? These things, no one, it's not as if you go somewhere in the world and you're allowed to see this piece and someone else is allowed to see that part of the beach and you're allowed to see that mountain and everyone, we're all available to the same like collective consciousness. We can all tap into it. We all have this playground that's up. (laughs) And I think, huh, like how wonderful that we can like dwell on something, think about something, focus on our desire and allow a lot to be revealed to us because it naturally will, the more we, what we focus on expands. So for thinking, so for example, 
when the last startup I worked at was bought, it was bought by AOL. And look, there's always mixed feelings when you work and there's some type of, you know, acquisition, I think, in any kind of corporate environment. And a lot of people were moaning for different reasons. And all I could think was, this is where Ariana Huffington works. You know, they also own the Huffington Post. That's all I get about. Everyone was moaning and I'm like, Ariana. Like, and so I created, I've created for the Huffington Post for years and it's brought me so much connecting with Ariana. And like, you can talk about bosses, management styles, goals, changing tech platforms. And I was just like, Ariana. <laughs> and so that's like where I went. Like, and essentially that's kind of what helped me transition out of working in a job and working for myself. So what are you thinking about right now? Because this, everyone has the same possibilities, but like, where is, where are you zeroing in? Cause that matters and you can miss opportunities without even realizing it. And, and like, your subconscious won't make you a liar or go, yep, there's nothing here. Yep, this is bad news. Talk to all the people who've got lots of negative things to say. Like, let's really get into it. Or you can use your energy in another way and keep coming back to what you care about. I'd really like to ask a slightly challenging question into this. Mm. Just because I know that some people, I know, I know it's kind of in the air at the moment, mm-hmm. that a lot of these positive affirmation manifesting things and I completely agree with what you're saying I just want to hear your response yeah is a very white privileged Mm -hmm. so like so so there's this thing in the air at, at the moment that I'm hearing that people are saying yeah, manifestation if you have white privilege. What's your response to that? I've spoken about this and I've heard many conversations about this and I think everyone has a a bit of a different point of view. I just think if I, not being an expert in this at all, Mm -hmm. I just think, well, we're here, right? We're here in the, the bodies that we're in. We're here to do the work that we're meant to do to make our contribution. And mm-hmm. what, like, what opportunities, what options are there before us? Mm-hmm. And all I can do is focus on what's right for me in my mm-hmm. lifetime and be loving and conscious of others. I, I mean, I wish there were a perfect answer. I think that you're right. Absolutely. Karela, we do have different opportunities based on lots and lots of different historic things. But I think it can also be something that when we take loving action and we care about others, that's almost really our own responsibility. Like that Mm -hmm. is the thing that matters. Like how are we showing up? Are we connecting and taking care of each other? Are we doing what we can to help one another imperfectly, but figuring it out as we go? And presumably wherever you are, there are some opportunities from wherever well, you are? Well, I really believe the universe is a kind one. I know that this isn't to say that the world, of course, isn't without suffering, especially like right now. Mm-hmm. If you look at world events, you, you, it's so easy to just you know sh- want to shut down completely. But I think if the universe is a kind one, like where to from here? Like what's the best mm-hmm. next step? What is the best next option? I find that if, if almost we live in that place of what's the best next step right now, then that's yeah. almost enough. We don't need a complete plan. We don't need to have everything just you know lined up ideally for us. But what's the best next loving conscious step that feels right for you? Because I've learned too that if an action feels good, and I mean authentically good and clean and in integrity, it elevates everybody. 
It's not mm. like just for me. It's like, what can I get? Because we see that, right? It's like, how can I swindle this person? How can I, you know, how can I win? How can you know, at all costs? And, and yeah, I mean, that might feel good or interesting to somebody for a while, but that's not how we feel good in our bodies in a lasting way. And it's, and we can, I mean, there, there are times in life where certainly this happens, but that's not a life worth living, in my opinion. Thank you so much. That's such a beautiful answer. And I know that was a bit challenging, but I was just like, yeah, I can it, feel that like some people, it's just, it's in the air at the moment. And so I'm really intrigued mm-hmm. to yeah. hear from people who, like yourself, who are clearly really successful at, at, at positive manifestation because of what you've done with your, you know, everything that Fiona has said at the beginning of this podcast yes. is what you've done you clearly know what you're talking about so. well I don't know I mean I sometimes say like my mantra is like I don't know but I, I don't know but I, <laughs> let I, it be easy I don't know I love that <laughs> what's, also what's wrong with not knowing something I think it's okay to not know and still just move forward the, the way that feels the best to you and the way that feels the best to you really is going to be not just for your highest good like not really if we're because we're all connected, right? We all come from the same source. If we are mm. causing harm to somebody else, it doesn't feel good. So mm. thinking, I think it's not even that you have to think, but being conscious and loving towards others, when we do that, everyone benefits, especially us. Mm. I think sometimes that fear of, well, if I if my desire feels to me selfish, so my desire, my want, my manifestation wish list, if someone else was looking in, might look like a selfish one, mm-hmm. then I feel like we're allowing other people's judgment to impact what we actually want, and also an assumption that there's a scarcity. So if I want mm-hmm. something, somebody else, I'm take, I have to take it from somebody else. Yes. And I always feel there's kind of like in this you know, that, that kind of manifestation world, I don't know how we've got down here, but that's how we've gone down, right? (laughs) Is that if I say I want, you know, a house on the beach, then that means I have to take it from somebody else when, you know, maybe everybody that wants a house on the beach can have a house on the beach because not everybody wants to live on the beach. Some people want to live in the mountains. Some people want to live in the countryside. Some people want to live in the city. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I, I know that my, again, sound white privilege, but there's, we don't all desire the same things. There isn't, there is enough. Mm-hmm. There is an abundance and we all want different things. It doesn't mean to say that my desire means that I'm stopping somebody else from following their dream. Mm-hmm. Even back to the actress person, you don't want to be an actress. So great, go for it. Yeah, it's it, not impacted <laughs> my dream. So yeah. there's... I, I also think, you know, why would we have this desire without the mechanics somehow to fulfill it? Like it's, mm. it, it's not random or by accident that we want what we want. And I was just in Australia. There is so much beach space. There is so much. <laughs> like, it's like there are so many more houses that could be built or like how, what are you? Know? So I, I kind of like what. It doesn't have to be those big things as well, right? It doesn't yes. have to be a house on no. the beach. Like, mm-hmm. You know, there's small, beautiful things. And sometimes I get playful and just like the simplest of things mm-hmm. in life that you can want to see or appreciate or, or be playful and see what shows up for you that just makes you feel good. It doesn't have to be about stuff appearing. Mm-hmm. It can be about, as I say, opportunities or people or circumstances or moments in time mm-hmm. that just make you feel alive. Top up your life force. Yes, those, those and... moments. But if you're blind to those moments, so Susie, just before you joined us, 
I said to Karila, for the first time ever, I noticed like a beam of sunlight in this room. I didn't think this room ever got sunlight in the winter. And at the same exact moment, I looked outside and there was a rainbow. Um, I'm like, we were very excited. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good omen. It's because, you know, you look for it, you take the pleasure in those small things. And Mm -hmm. it's not always about the big house. It's not about... no. And one other thing I'll, I'll, I'll say too is, you know, when someone feels good, right? So when someone is uh, actively allowing their desire, they're actively in the pursuit of it, that elevates us, right? When I see someone, you know, living their desire-based life or they're just like in their zone, they're, they're not in a place of resistance, I just feel inspired by them, you know, because it's not it's not everybody, right? How often do you see someone who's just like really going for it and they're, they're not throwing up all the reasons why it can't work and all the reasons why, uh, you know, well, that person, he, that he won't let me succeed or, um, you know, the, the statistics on this are bad for whatever, you know, whatever it is that you're doing. Whenever I see someone in pursuit of their goal, I just think, oh, wow, like I want to be around that person. It, 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 it really elevates the people around you too. And we need real life role models, people who go for it, especially people who aren't supposed to succeed, right? People who, uh, who maybe lack the qualifications or who don't look a certain way or who you think, wow, like, wow, you know, good, good for her. She's just, you know, she's really getting the results. We need people like that. Like it, it elevates everybody just by observing them. I was going to say, actually, do you think there's something in the comfort? Like, people also get comfort from the, their roots, like the story, mm-hmm. the class, the mm-hmm. the race. The like, and and I think sometimes this thing about being uncomfortable is the most important thing because if you want to get somewhere else, you have to lose the comfort of identifying with your roots or certainly that's Mm. been things I've witnessed in people and and my own experience to a degree yeah I love the work of Gay Hendricks if you know him he's uh he says that a lot of the time when we want to succeed we feel or change our lives we feel guilt about leaving people behind Mm. or we feel like there's a crime of outshining somebody else and this I mean it's not conscious but sometimes when we see someone who who has a desire and they're not acting on it, it's out of a, a sense of loyalty. It's actually quite lovely the secret intention that we have that kind of holds us back. It can be it can be quite loving in its own way, but it's not necessary. It's not something that we need. Like you said, Fiona, it's we're not being unkind to anybody when we go for it. In fact, I think the opposite. I think if you're going for it and you're showing up and doing the things that make you happy and that feel good, that's really generous like we need people to display what that's like I mean I think we've all looked at people in the world like growing up or you know even now and we go that woman inspires me you know she's just she's saying what she thinks or like she dresses like that or she just you know doesn't give up you know (laughs) she she doesn't care about uh, being met with some disapproval I think that when we're just when we're seeking out our own path, it's we sh- we kind of shine a bit of a light on what's possible for everybody, and that is far more generous than you know maybe doing less and constricting yourself, thinking that somehow it's being more fair or being more reasonable. And what would you say if somebody's listening and they're just like, okay? I've been hiding my desire and like <laughs> really inspired. Like what? 
if they're like, what's the first step? Like, what would you mm-hmm. say is the first step? If they're like, okay, me and my desire, we're doing this, this acting, this man. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, I think it's so one it's so powerful just to acknowledge what it is that you want because we hide it, don't we? We're like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't don't even want to say that I want it because I'm never gonna get it and I'll look silly and I'll just feel bad and I'll just, you know, it'll be a life of disappointment. I think just acknowledging what it is that you want to yourself is the first thing. And to not put a limit on it, right? So if someone wants to write a book. You can say, you know, I kind of like, you know, think it'd be quite nice to write. You can say, I want to write a book that a million people read. And it's all about gardening. And this is exactly what I care about when it comes to this topic. And this is the reception I want it to have. What if you could just acknowledge it? Like that would be step one. And I find that once we can sit in it, picture it, do our best to, you know, let the resistance come and go, then often we, we just start getting ideas. They just, we don't, like I said, we don't need to think too far ahead. I think that our intuition wants us to keep coming back. That's why it doesn't give us like a five-year plan. It's just like this nudge, like I'll go in this direction or, you know, this is the, like to start a podcast, you just start, right? You get the equipment and then you go. It's not like, well, by day three, six, five, I will, you know, you, you can do that, but all we need to do is just think, you know, what is it that I want and not what anyone else wants. When you think about it, you start to feel excited and light and your body even relaxes because it knows that it's at home in itself. So what is it that I want? I mean, you'd be surprised how often you can ask that question and people just say they don't know. Oh, I don't know what I want. I don't know what I want. I don't believe that. I don't believe it. I'm like, you, I'm like, okay, so why don't you go uh, start working with cars, right? Is that... And then it's like, no, no, I don't want that. Okay, well, then go, go be a bird enthusiast. You know, how about go being a bird watcher? No, 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 I don't want. Well, if you know what you don't want, right? Let, let's not be. Let's not be afraid here. Like, what? What is it that you want? There's, there's no risk in just writing it down or saying it to yourself. You're not announcing it. You're not going to be on the cover of the New York Times saying, "This is what I finally want." You know, it's, it's acknowledging it to yourself, and that is can feel a little scary, but it's completely safe. And that that's where I'd begin because nothing can really happen until until we until we start that. That's lovely advice. I, I have a little thing with myself that when I'm saying I don't know, what mm. I'm really saying is I don't want to know. Because mm. I don't know is just a resistance. And so there's something that I do know, that, but there's something on top of it that I don't want to know. And I'm like, what's that I don't want to know? <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. getting in the way. So like, say so the actress thing, it's like, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know because you're scared that if you become an actress, then you're going to have to travel loads and that's going to be really... Do you see what I mean? There's an I don't want to know in that I don't know. or that, That's just my little trick with myself to get me out of I don't know. Yeah, and the brain's really clever, right? It tells you you don't want to know because it means you don't have to do anything, yeah. right? It means that you're, like, safe and there'll be no harm that can come to you because you don't know. So I don't know is, like, this safeguard that because mm. your brain's number one job is to protect you right that's its only job that the i don't know i'm like i don't know what you're hiding in there that mm, mm, you don't know <laughs> and then i think that the next best question is once someone's willing to get a bit more real and state their desires to just think what are my options 
What am I? And you're not committing to anything. There are no contracts in front of you. But if you're like, you know, what are my options? So with this actress, I was like, okay, so where can you begin? Turns out she has an agent. Turns out she already has some. Which She's like, well, I can start with some voiceover work. I actually never got back to that person who reached out to me about some small role in something. And I, okay, I'm like, what else? What else? What else? Turns out she has all these options. But it's like, well, what if none of them work out? What if I'm not, you know, what if I fail? Well, yeah, you will. You will fail a lot, probably, but you will also succeed because you know success and failure, same road, right? Success is just further down the road. So often we just never even get there. We don't give ourselves the chance. And you are doing yourself the biggest service of your life if you stop, if you stop far too, if you park early on that road. And we know that we regret this like later in life. If you've read the top uh, regrets of the dying, the top five regrets by Bronnie Ware, great book. The first regret is living a life that isn't true to you, living a life that's based on the expectations of others. And oof, I don't want that. I mean, that's not something, I mean, I will, at any price, I will avoid that. I think is my desire or my fear more important? Is my goal or my ego more important? And so I'm willing to go for it. Like I'm willing to be afraid, shut down, rejected, whatever it is, happens all the time. And what's wrong with that? <laughs> like, what's wrong with that? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I mean, so it, 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 you know, when you, I was so captivated when you're talking there because I, I feel it, you know, and I'm sure everybody listening is doing the same thing, kind of like practicing how all of those statements feel and a recognition and a realization of all those times you stop yourself mm-hmm. in those moments as well. My, my new phrase is I can. Mm-hmm. So instead of an I am affirmation, it's I can. Mm, um, because like it has it. more power it has more um yeah there's there's kind of like a real power statement behind that so you know i i can do all of these things that i i want to do and it's um yeah it's, it's a new one i'm trying on for size so we'll see, <laughs> we'll see i like that. it i like it and i think truly if something is available to somebody else like why couldn't it be available to me you know, you know, when I was a kid and we used to get church donations, we'd get a lot of help from the church when I was growing up. My mom would make us go to Sunday school because she's like, we can't just take all the things and not show up for church. So I'd go to Sunday school, but I learned the best lesson in Sunday school, whatever your religious beliefs, I think that or spiritual beliefs, whatever they are, I think you may just agree with this one because it makes complete sense. In Sunday school, one Sunday school teacher said, you know, we're all equal here we're all equal here. We all come from the same place. We're all going back to the same place. I'm sure they didn't say that morbidly in Sunday school, but it was like, we're, we're all just, but, but it was like, you, you know, it's like the golden rule, right? Like loving one another, treating one another, how you, how yourself, how you'd like to be treated yourself. And I thought if we're all equal here and I just completely internalized that, thank God. Like I just, I was like, okay, then if we're all equal here, then why should like the girl who has a you know, nice parents or a nice house, like why should she be the one who speaks up in school? Or why should she be the only one who has a, a good time? Or why should she be the only one who celebrates X or Y? So I think if we're all equal here, which I believe, I don't think anyone rational would disagree, like would, would think that that's not true, then may, maybe so much more is possible than we realize, but we just maybe hold others in, in higher esteem or think that they have more capabilities or competence or that they're allowed to go for it or they're allowed to have some ease in their lives but for some reason we're the exception yeah yeah I, uh, 
Yeah. Like, Good old Sunday school. Send your kids, right? <laughs> maybe we all have the same amount of life force energy to play with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's, that's what we all come down with, the equal amount of life force energy. You know, Karila, I was just sitting with that, Susie, and I think, I think Karila, you might have taken Susie's favorite statement to another level because I... <laughs> I, I I personally struggle and, and I went to Sunday school. Um I personally struggle with that coming from that type of organization. Yeah. Because I fundamentally don't believe that the oh gosh, I shouldn't really say this out loud, but that there's there's a lot of hate created between people's versions of what that actually means. But if you strip it down and say your life force. Mm-hmm. Because people will argue where you come from, where you're going, all that kind of stuff. But while we are all here and breathing, we all have the same life force energy. And that that is the truth. In, I think it's Buddhism, one of the religions that's breath-focused. They actually do believe that everybody comes down with the same amount of breath. And that your mm-hmm. life, your, the length of your life depends on how well you use that breath. So like if you're really stressed and you're like not using, you, you know, you're, you're breathing really shallow, your life will be shorter than if you, but every, like their belief is that everybody is given the same amount of breaths. I believe, I, I can feel that. I've got a very um, contrary, or not contrary, a very um, opposing view to that. And that's um, Norman Cook, a.k.a. Fatboy Slim, uh, local <laughs> resident, uh, neighbour. Um when he said we all have the same amount of drinks, but he just used all his up in a really short period. <laughs> I believe that one too, which is why I'm nearly five years sober. I used all my Yay! drinks up in a really short period of time. So my life force can't take any more of that. <laughs> it's all for you. You used it. I mean, you yeah, used it, right? So yeah. we've got these, you know, it's not infinite. Mm-hmm. there is this window there is this time there's an opportunity and what I'm hearing is how can we use what we have and our desire to to create a life that makes us happy and therefore the ripple effect is that we can we can shine that on other people that want to follow their desire mm. I, I truly I mean if you look back at your life at people who've inspired you and re, I, I love to ask people this question actually I'll ask you guys who inspires you when you look back people say like Michelle Obama or you know Brene Brown or I mean uh, uh, Richard Branson I mean all different athletes like what do you think about like who, who inspires you or who has inspired you well I'm not allowed to say you right because that's like <laughs> <laughs> oh please oh yeah <laughs> you aside Susie mm-hmm. you know different people for different reasons mm-hmm. my dad inspired me my sister inspires me she you know had a has a chronic illness and she's mm-hmm. still able to kind of you know go through all of that and live her life and be happy and there's different people at different times that fulfill different roles and mm-hmm. and areas and my dad created a business when he was 55 years old and mm-hmm. you know that takes a lot of guts and that's yeah. inspiring and Mm-hmm. So yeah, for me, it's more kind of, I guess, family, friends and a close circle. I don't have like a, a shining slab out there that inspires me necessarily. Mm-hmm. What about you, Although Karina? Beckham's new documentary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I like that. <laughs> I was very lucky because my, my grandfather was somebody who lived very inspirationally. He mm-hmm. was born in a slum in King's Cross and was an orphan by the time he was six mm-hmm. in the Great Depression. He got a job in a factory and um, 
an older person in that factory about three weeks. I don't even know how long he was working in the factory, but an older person said to him, like, don't stay here, like, you will get stuck in this. Mm. And so he quit in the middle of the recession, like, the Great Recession, not our version of a recession. He, like, quit his job and was like... And his his family was so, so upset with him because obviously jobs were like really hard to come by. There was no foods, like. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "No, not doing it. Not spending my life in a factory." Mm-hmm. And they were like, "You have to go and find another job." And he was like, "Well, I like to be a tailor." <laughs> like, just mm-hmm. not there you tailor. go. I'd like. I'd like to. Great words. I'd yeah. like to. There you go. Kind yeah. of what you're yeah. saying. And he walked. He walked to the area in London where the tailors were. And then saw this building that looked like a spaceship. And Mm. he was like, fuck tailoring. (laughs) I want to work in there. Don't know what that is. And it was the BBC building. And he asked, he went in and he asked for the job. And he's like this little street urchin. (laughs) And they were like, no, we are the BBC. (laughs) And then the security guards in the doorway felt sorry for him. And said, why don't you write to this person um, and and see if you can get a job that way? And so he did. And at the time, the BBC were giving jobs to victims of the war. And because Mm. his dad was killed in the war, they counted him as a victim of the war. And so he started in, like, the very bottom ranks of the BBC and ended up being one of the most famous producers of the BBC, one of the most famous names in radio, and did all of this amazing, like, amazing stuff with his career. Like, wrote the first ever sci-fi, had the last ever radio show that was listened to by more people than television. Just all sorts of amazing things with his career. And so... He, he, yeah, he's point for like point. what you're saying. This you is know? exactly yeah. So it's two things like, I want to say here. Yeah, he had no, was, yeah, he had nothing but luck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But luck, luck is in, luck is interesting, right? It's like I, I, I want to work as a tailor. Actually, no. See, life is a great redirect. I want to work in that spaceship building. <laughs> desire, desire, right? It's leading yeah. you in the right direction. It's safe guidance. And Grandpa is willing to go. Can I have a job, please? Actually, yeah. I'm write this letter. Oh my god! Not and, I, I, know, couldn't like, a, I couldn't put a number on it, but ninety percent of people aren't willing to do that. No. They might go. I want to work in that spaceship building. Must be nice. And you know what? His career, like, so I obviously don't want to spend loads of time talking about my granddad, but like, when he started in the BBC, they were like, "You're too Cockney. Don't speak like that. You need to learn perceived pronunciation." <laughs> but his career, because he was from real, mm-hmm. like. When the war started, they were like, can you speak Cockney again? (laughs) We need to relate to the people. And, like, he made his career partly by, like, he brought jazz to the BBC because jazz was underground. And, like, the BBC was like, no jazz, no jazz, jazz is dangerous. Mm -hmm. And my granddad was like, I really think we should put Louis Armstrong on the BBC. And they were like, no. And he was like, but I know this is what the people want because I am the people, you know? So he was like the people's person in the BBC. Yeah. And in so the you, end- see, you see right there, like desire, 
following it, not resisting it, allowing mm. it. That's what I want. I want to work there. The action, right? You, it, nothing happens without that, that on our part. And then also, when we think about people who inspire us, we're so quick to forget that they're doing it. Like they're, they're, mm. the people who inspire us aren't the people who are like, I'll sit here and not bother anybody. You know, mm. I'll just take my little like corner of the world. The people who inspire us are like are going for it in some capacity or they're willing to allow the good in. And they, they take the action big or small. I mean, it turns out this is a very impressive, cool story. Sometimes it's even smaller than that. Like Fiona, your sister, like living with arthritis, like it takes courage to get up. Like I know what it's like when I don't even feel well in a small way. It's like, I don't want to deal with the world, you know? So look at, I mean, think, who inspires? you why is that like is it because they're like oh you know don't worry about me or is it because they're showing courage right they're showing kindness I think it's because they're being uncomfortable Mm. the two things that that you just described Mm -hmm. both of them are willing to be out of their comfort zone see desire discomfort it's a double d's baby (laughs) (laughs) like but what a perfect example of that just in reality what a hundred years ago, nearly. I mean, this is a long time yeah, ago. I mean, like, yeah. It doesn't change. It, it doesn't, doesn't change. change. Like, and it won't change. It's amazing because, mm-hmm. like, you asked that question, and I'm like, that is why his story has been, and obviously, his story has been inspiring to me my whole life. But, mm-hmm. like, so many others, I imagine, as well. Because of what you've said, basically. Oh. Granddad, he's always with us, you know, (laughs) cheering, cheering this podcast along, cheering your desire along, right? I think the most generous thing we can do is be the example, because we don't learn from someone saying, just go for it, right? Like, I mean, it's nice to hear that, but it's even better to be the living example of it, right? I mean, so for example, even in small ways, I had this client once, he was so mega fit and I'd wake up with hangovers a lot and I'd just look at his stuff and he was like, (laughs) ow, at six, and I was like, oh, you know, and even though I'd like grown looking at him, it was still inspiring me because he really had a big transformation with his health. And I was like, he's be about it. You know, don't talk about it. Don't blog about it. I mean, do those things too, if you want, but being about yeah. it, like grandpa showing up and doing it, going for it. Like that's, that's, ins- that inspires you and it can encourage you too in moments when you feel scared. Oh my gosh. That we did not plant that story. <laughs> that was so perfectly beautiful oh my <laughs> the God. universe see the universe brings what it needs in the we moment. heard what we needed to hear <laughs> we heard what we needed to hear I absolutely love that I'm so conscious of time Susie and as always we can keep talking forever um we we ask a question um to our guests which um knowing your amazing Rolodex I'm really interested to hear what you say here <laughs> yeah um, and you spoke to Dr James Doty which oh. I love I Into the Magic Shop is one of my favorite favorite books it's so beautiful um but we ask um a guest uh, our guest who do you think is interesting for us to talk to next about life force or who would you like to hear us explore what life force means to them I mean, there is, I think that every single human being, if they're connected, <laughs> is a great guest. Um, maybe Dr. James Soti, and I can connect you. I feel like he's got a lot of wisdom when it comes to uh, tapping, so much. <laughs> tapping into uh, his big thing is compassion, right? He speaks mm-hmm. so much about compassion. And when we have compassion for ourselves and others, good things happen. And he said that's often a big missing piece. So actually, 
actually, I think him for you. Yeah. And, and, you know, when I reflect back on somebody who I do admire, I admire him and I admire Brene Brown as well in terms of the work that they do and how it spreads and it influences so many people. And, um, Dr. Doty's book is the one that I think, apart from yours, Susie, that I've gifted the most to people because I know it can have, it's such a beautiful story. He's got a lovely way of telling a story around um, what he does and learning how to control his mindset and his desire and focus as well. So thank you for that. That, That's that's a great recommendation. And thank you for joining us today as our as our Miami-based first <laughs> international guest. Um, a joy, as always, to connect with you. And I just love how you share what you do and make it feel so accessible and bring it to life for people. It's It's been such a pleasure. Oh, thank you. Until next time. Yeah, please Until come on time. again, Susie. Aww. It's been so amazing. And I... T- I'd like to say, like, thank you so much. It's been so energizing and beautiful. But also, I really want to know who inspires you. Just finish. <laughs> oh my god! Every I swear, everybody, <laughs> everybody. You know, uh, I, I was actually speaking to um, a member of a cabin crew on a flight recently, and he said that he's been working for the airline for thirty years, and he's like, I just love showing up for work. You know, I, I love it. I get to meet people. I get to you know, really, you know, be their comfort. People are nervous flying, you know, I just, I make them feel relaxed and I want everyone to have a good trip. And and I thought him, like in that moment, it was him. And I think that sometimes when you almost have that question of, you know, oh, wow, what can I, you know, what can I receive today? Like, what, how can I open my mind and my heart? Then I think there's inspiration everywhere. And it's, I think it's really great to live with that, like within you. Hmm. Well, that is a beautiful way to end our lovely conversation. So again, thank you so much, Susie and Camila. And may the life force be with you. Life force be with you. We hope this conversation has topped up your life force energy. If it has, then please help us spread the life force. Like, share, subscribe, all of that. (laughs) And may the life force be with all of us.